0: I was getting, I was getting a lot of no letters and I kept some of the letters because it was like motivation for me.
1: I was young in my coaching career. I did know that those guys I was coaching, this was their
0: one opportunity. If you really want the players to like you, just make them better. If I want to keep playing this game, you know, as a job, I have to continue to get better at that.
2: You have to figure out a way to carve out some value that you have, that you
0: can bring not only to your team, but also your profession. It's really good information, and I pick up
2: little nuggets all the time.
1: For me, it's all about confidence, man. You have to have confidence to be a shooter, to be, uh, a basketball player in general to have success. So you, it's all about
2: confidence. Shooters Touch fans and listeners, we have another great episode and another great guest here on the podcast this week. We bring on Clint Carlson, current video coordinator for the Golden State Warriors, previously assistant video coordinator for the Charlotte Hornets, before that, professional basketball player overseas, and before that, um, star small forward for the UNI Panthers. We talked to Clint about a lot of things, obviously how he got to Golden State, how he got to the NBA, and also a couple NCAA tournament runs that he made when he was in Cedar Falls. It's a great story, a great vision for his path, and a great mindset around continuously growing and continuously learning, so we're excited for you to listen to this episode if you like what you hear, if you've liked what you hear in previous episodes, we would love it if you send that episode, some of our episodes, to a friend. Uh, we want to get the game of basketball in more people's ears and help people with our, our guests, our tips from our, our guests, and all of the above. You can follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at Shooter's Touch IA, as well as Instagram. And then Facebook, search for The Shooter's Touch, and we should pop up right away. Again, Clint Carlson here with the Golden State Warriors. Well, Clint Carlson, welcome to The Shooter's Touch. Yeah,
1: thank you. Thanks for having me. And we're excited to get you on the podcast here. Hear a little bit of your story. We are talking off air. Uh, just made the almost forty-hour trek from Charlotte out to uh, the Bay Area, and so catch us up. What uh, was what the last couple of years? Years been like for you? You've been out in you've been out in Charlotte, and now recently got the promotion uh, to head to the Warriors and uh how did that come about and what ultimately made you make the decision to want to try something new and and head out to the Bay Area yeah
0: um well like you said the last two seasons I was in Charlotte um prior to that I was playing professionally in the Czech Republic and it was just kind of crazy man like COVID was just like starting so all the Americans were kind of sent back home super stressful time like I remember the only airport that you could fly like internationally, like back to the States was out of London. And so everybody was like, it was like sardines in there. Um, It was just crazy. So luckily like, you know, within two or three days like of the season ending or actually the season getting canceled because of COVID I hop on a flight, um, get back into Chicago, drive back to Waverly. And then like i was just in like full chill mode because everything was kind of shut down um i actually got a lot of golf in that summer which was nice Not like um, that. shout out to my guy jordan david uh the pro over there at the waverly muni um he got my game right uh but yeah so i was just kind of like working out um playing golf hanging out didn't really know if i was going back over or what was going on i was talking to my agent and there was a couple teams interested got a couple offers Um, But just didn't really know, you know, what was going to happen, like if the season was even going to go on or not. Um, Nobody really knew anything. So then I was just, you know, I was calling some of my old coaches um, trying to get into the coaching world um, and just got lucky. Honestly, like hooked up with the head VC in Charlotte. Uh, He offered me an internship spot. So I like snatched that up right away because it was still um, like playing a lot with the guys. So you still get that fix of like the competitiveness. And then I'll also like you know learning sports code, the video stuff, and, and player development, and obviously, I mean getting to work in the NBA and with some of the best coaches like in the world, right? So, no, uh, so I did that for two years um, after my first intern year, then stayed on with Charlotte um, in a full time role, uh, and then that was good. And then this summer we were in summer league. Didn't really know. You know what I was planning on just staying in Charlotte, um, working for a third year there, um, just staying in the same role. And then the last day of summer league, I get a phone call um, from one of the coaches here in in uh, in Golden State. And he just said, like, hey, we might have a a position open. Would you be interested? And I had known him prior last summer. Actually, I interviewed with Golden State and they actually had offered me a job, but I declined uh, last summer just cause you know, my girlfriend was living out in South Carolina at the time we were an hour and a half away. So it's, you know, personal reasons. I just kind of wanted to stay in Charlotte had a good thing going there anyways. But then, so yeah, he just called me up out of the blue last day of summer league and said like, Hey, you know, we might have a position open. I said, all right. Yeah, i definitely be interested. I, we, I take a red eye from Vegas back to Charlotte. And the next day he calls me at like noon and said, you know, we'd love to offer it to you. It's like, take as much time as you need. I know you just got back. And so, you know, my girlfriend and I, uh, I kind of talked about it. Obviously, talked with my family. Um, made the decision to
1: to move out to the bay. That's awesome. That, uh, that's, so you didn't even have to interview or anything because you already went through the process once. Yeah, it was pretty. Is yeah, it
0: was a pretty quick turnaround from from the offer to the to the acceptance.
1: So you mentioned a little bit from, from intern intern to actually then staying on staff. What, what was the biggest change? Like what did, did it open up more opportunities for you? Did you have more access to the players or what did that look like?
0: Um, no, in terms of, you know, on court duties, you know, whether it's playing with the guys or, uh, like just kind of being a body out there, guarding guys or being like a scout team role, like that was all pretty similar. Um. Obviously, I built more trust with the staff and with the players. So I kind of got to lead some more workouts and uh, especially in the summer league, like getting to lead drills and actually like be more involved in that in that type of thing, which was good. Uh, and then obviously with being full time, like I got to travel to like probably a little more than half of the uh, road trips, which was cool. That's obviously an experience I've never I had before. So. Um, actually, getting to feel the like the legitimate life of the NBA of you know you're in one city now, two, a di- different
1: city in two nights. Like,
0: but it was good. I really
1: enjoyed it. So with the the coordinator position, I got to imagine that you're a little bit of an anomaly in the fact that you can go out and you know play and be involved and do some of that stuff. I mean, that's um, that's not normal, right? I mean, not every dude in the league that's a VC has the college experience at a high level like yourself, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, not, um, not everybody, but there is a, I think that's a, a little bit of a, um, something that people are trying to do now is getting, you know, former players um, that kind of want to be coaches and, and try to learn the video stuff and, and this or that, and try to get them into a video room here in the NBA. Like when I was in Charlotte, you know, we had three professionals, uh, or three former professionals, I should say, a former D1 player and then a former D3 player. So you know everybody in that but he, and then we had one guy that didn't play but just had been involved in basketball since he was in middle school, like. And so it was, you know, he was he was more of a computer savvy guy. Um, so it was kind of funny because, like, you know, all, all of us that are brand new, like, don't really know the sports code stuff or the, or the cutting the film kind of stuff, like are going to him, like, dude, I need help. Like, <laughs> <nah, right? laughs> now.
1: So are you guys, so then also part of your duties or what would you say percentage of breakdown then is as far as helping out with practice and, and, you know, running, doing scouts or cutting tape or doing some of that? What, what do you think as far as a percentage breakdown on a, on a normal day-to-day basis? I know that may, may vary depending on what your assignment is, but uh, on a normal basis, what do you say your percentages are? Sure.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, it, it definitely changes uh, depends on. You know who you're playing if if like i'm you know assigned to a certain team and they're coming up then it's probably about 50 50. i'll be you know during the day for sure when guys are in the gym it's like on the floor takes precedence but then you know a lot of the times later in the afternoon or nighttime is kind of when you're cutting the games um clipping the games with you know whatever the coach wants so it's you know it's about 50 50 um with the with the floor and the video uh, it just, it it just really depends on, you know, how many, honestly, how many games you have that day or, you know, how many opponents you've got in the next coming weeks, um, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. It's got to make, it's got to make a big difference too. Once you get to, uh, you got know, get on a, a road trip or um, I know they kind of gone away with a little bit of the back-to-backs, but you have a few coming up. You obviously got to be prepared. You don't have a ton of time um, added in with travel. So with that Hornets organization um, and that roster specifically, a lot of young guys, a lot of excitement there. That uh, that had to be something that uh, was, was fun to be around, energy that's fun to be around a, a building program. Um, but ultimately, too, some younger guys that, you know, maybe you can relate to a little bit better and kind of figuring it out all together. And so what do you think maybe your biggest takeaway was uh, with your time in Charlotte?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, the, the biggest thing is just, like, building trust with the guys. Obviously, they're very good at what they do. I mean, they're professional athletes. Um, but they're also, at the end of the day, like they're just human beings just like anybody else, right? So they, you know, they have feelings. They they need to be able to trust you to be able to, um, you know, make way with them. And obviously you're trying to put them in the best position that, that they can be in, right? So, um, but the biggest thing is like, is just every day, like, yeah, you're in the gym every day, all day for eight, nine months out of the year you just got to come in and just have a good attitude and just bring good energy. And like with, with the Charlotte Hornets, like young team, they all those guys were just ready to go um, all the time. So that was just something cool to be a part of and cool to see.
1: So yeah. Tell me a little bit about Lamelo. Is he just a fun loving just get after type of dude or what, uh, what kind of vibes he put off? Yeah, he is. Uh,
0: he, he's a great dude. Um, obviously very good at what he does. Like I said, um, very fun to watch, but again, he, he like, He cares about all his teammates. He cares about everybody in the organization. Um, Learned everybody's names from top to bottom, which is a little thing, but uh, you know, again, I think that's pretty cool. And just in a testament to him of uh, it didn't matter if it was a security guard, you know, janitor, whatever, he was trying to learn their names and comes in the building again, like just with a smile on his face, good energy, like fun to be around. And obviously he was, you know, very good with his teammates too. there you know everybody got along in that locker room.
1: Yeah, I can I can imagine, like I said, all those guys kinda seem like uh just young, energetic, and hungry, uh, which which would definitely make coming in each day a lot easier. Any Iowa connections? We have anybody else uh on in the franchise out there that uh has any connections back to Iowa? Uh in Charlotte? Yeah.
0: Um Am I missing a name? You no, know? I,
1: I no, I don't. That's why I'm like, because usually and, there yeah. is, and that's why I was there like, is. I don't think there is. Like, you're kind of the one.
0: Yeah, I don't think not in Charlotte. Obviously, you know, we got a couple, uh, couple you and I guys in the league. Um, yeah, uh, pretty close to Charlotte in Atlanta is Paul Jesperson. Yeah, uh, me and him are still pretty tight. So talk to him maybe two, three times a week. Um, he was really good at. Uh, he was like one of my first calls when I got the offer here, and just. Wanted his advice obviously he's been in a little longer than I have and knows a little bit more um, obviously been pretty successful with with what he's been doing um, but in, in terms of especially Waverly or Iowa you know I, you know I don't know uh, I don't yeah. think there was anybody in Charlotte
1: no I think they're they're all hanging out in Indiana like was it yeah it's Indiana it's got a – Pacers got a ton yeah. of people I mean it's just crazy when you start figuring out the small state of Iowa um, where everybody's at so I had to ask. Um, So then going to the Warriors, uh, Golden State, obviously from an outsider's perspective, uh, would definitely be a a franchise a roster a group of people that would want to be around um, so I see why that decision came about but is there also you know from this coaching side of things you, you kind of got to learn from as many people as possible like did you take that into account that like hey you know I, I enjoy Charlotte but I want to learn new systems I want to see figure out something new because what what's the ultimate path for for you um, and your growth yeah um,
0: definitely yeah like Obviously, you know I, I built good relationships with the coaches um, in Charlotte for two years. Um, kind of learned James Borrego's system, you know, and all his assistant coaches, and 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 felt like you know we built good relationships and, and and had a good thing rolling there. But yeah, that's definitely part of it is is you know getting out like whether it's working for a new team or just when you're on the road trying to meet as many people as possible and just build connections and and try to pick the brains of as many people as you possibly can, just to Honestly, you know, my biggest goal is to just be a sponge and just take in as much as I possibly can, like whether it's I have to write it down or whatever, Um, because there's a lot of information that flies, especially in like coaches meetings. Right. It's just great idea after great idea. And and some people think that, um, you know, in a way that not another person thinks. So it's just, you know, trying to build as much as you possibly can, you you know, and store that in your brain. And then, you know, when it's your time to be called on, you have an answer. Um, but definitely like definitely want to work and, and build relationships with, you know, just as many people as possible, just cause everybody has their own views.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think it'll be, we'll check back in about a year and see what you think. Uh, after actually had an opportunity to learn from this staff uh, a little bit and these guys, how long, so you've only been out there, what'd you say? A couple of days a week. Have you had an opportunity yeah. or have you been in the facility? Have you met some of the guys already?
0: Yeah. So, um, middle of August, uh, I flew out here, um, actually right after Paul Jesperson's wedding. Um, I went from Charlotte to Kansas City for that, and then Kansas City to San Francisco. Uh, worked here for like a week, just kind of wanted to get my bearings and, and um, you know, try to meet as many people as I could. Um, obviously it was the off season, so a couple of people weren't here, but then we just started workouts, you know, again, uh, Monday on the, on the, or sorry, Tuesday on the 6th. So yeah, I haven't been, you know, around very long. Um, Got four days under my belt now, but, um, you know, met a lot of people, met a lot of new people. Uh, it was good. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to to get going and actually build some relationships with not only the players and the coaches, but everybody else that's involved in the organization.
1: Yeah, we're excited uh, excited to pay attention to that. And like I said, we'll definitely check, uh, check back in after you've got a little bit more time with them. Um, so early vibe check, Charlotte to San Francisco. It's got to be quite a difference. I know you're busy; you don't get a ton of time to really experience these cities. But uh, what, what do you think? What maybe? What's uh, what did you love about Charlotte, and what makes you excited, or what feels different already is your time in San Francisco? Sure.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I was excited to be in Charlotte just because the weather is is you know head and shoulders. I'm going to say better than Iowa, just because you don't have to deal with the snow or anything. Yep. Uh, but yeah, Charlotte was a great city. Uh, it was fun it was kind of, it had like a little bit of a small city feel. Uh, you know, a lot of people live there, but there's so much room for them to expand out. So it didn't feel like too clustered. Now I know like it's a hot commodity for people to move to. So in a couple of years, it might be different, but um, super fun city and, and great people that I was working with and that I could meet um, just go out and, you know, have a night or go have dinner or whatever. Um, and then there's actually a couple Northern Iowa grads that didn't play any sports or anything, but, Uh, hung around with them a little bit too, but then I'm not going to lie. When I landed that first week in August in San Francisco and it was 70 and sunny and no humidity, that was kind of nice. Um, I'm home. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, obviously living on the water is, is, uh, super cool. Now I know, you know, it, it doesn't feel super busy like here in the the downtown area. Traffic's not normally like bad by any means. I've, again, I've only been here for four days. So, um, haven't had too much of a sample size, but it seems just like, I mean, I, you know, I, talking with the guys that have been here for a couple of years, it's like, Hey, you got to go do this. You got to go do this, do this, do this, go there. So I just feel like there's, there's never an opportunity for me to get like bored. Like, obviously I'll be working a bunch and that's, you know, what I'm yep. here to do. Um, but at the same time, if I have a weekend here, or a day here, like there's going to be something to do.
1: You might, uh, you might also find yourself investing in some technology startups or something too, or you're out there, maybe, you know, (laughs) you never know, never know. I mean, I don't know much about, about that kind of stuff. You don't need to, it's just who, you know, just meet the right person and say, here you go. Right. So no, that's cool, man. That's, uh, that's exciting. I I imagine, um, get an opportunity. Um, we'll get to this next. I, I know Adam wants to talk about your time in Waverly, but, uh, Yeah, a little boy from Waverly just had an opportunity to travel the world and see these cities. It's got to be an experience, uh, one that you always remember, I would imagine.
0: Crazy, man. I spent the first 24 years of my life in Waverly and Cedar Falls, and then (laughs) two years in Europe, two years in Charlotte, and we'll see how many years out here. Yeah,
2: that's great. Um, So is the plan to have, I guess, pretty, uh, is the plan to have pretty um, you know, almost same responsibilities out, out there as far as like, you know, working out with the guys, maybe doing, maybe doing some scout team, playing with them and stuff like that?
0: I think so. Um, It'll be pretty similar to, you know, obviously they want to put as many bodies on the floor as possible. And if there's, you know, if we're ever playing, you know, like, a, like in the summers, if it's five on five and we only have 14, then all right, let's get a 15th guy in there and play three teams of five, that kind of stuff. Um mm-hmm. And then during the season, yeah, it'll be you know, individual workouts with guys just either guarding them or playing offense, you yeah. know, whatever they need me to do, um, in practice, whatever they need me to do. Uh, and then similar video stuff.
2: Um, nice. Well, there that. you go. So, uh, as, as good as, uh, those players are, um, out there in Charlotte, that's a bit of an upgrade, uh, as well. Um, with that roster that golden state has right now.
0: Yeah. A couple, uh, a couple of pretty good shooters. couple um, of pretty good ones. Yeah. Yep. Experience in the gym. Uh,
2: a lot of championships in the gym, so it's yeah. I'm very, I'm very excited to to get out there. That's awesome, man. Yeah, we'll uh we'll definitely be paying attention to uh to Golden State more this year now. So, uh, so that should be fun. But uh, yeah, as Brian mentioned, let's let's uh, let's draw the hand to time back. Um, Waverly, Iowa. Um, you know, we talked to Fife already. I got a pretty good buddy in um, who's who's uh, who's also from Waverly. Um, in uh um, in my man Joe Green. And oh, yeah. so, uh, you know, Noah, know, uh, <clears throat> know a couple of people from there, but um, you know, let's talk about you specifically, you know, how was, how was childhood, you know, maybe even just, you know, specifically elementary, middle school, um, you know, you playing all the sports, was it always just basketball? Was it, was it other sports? What did that look like? It's, it's funny you mentioned Joe Green, cause I'm next door
0: neighbors with Joe Green, or my, I should say my parents, Parentar. his parents are next door neighbors. So, I mean, when I was a little kid, like, they you know wayne uh joe's dad put up like a Mm -hmm. cement basketball court in their backyard Mm -hmm. so like i was always out there like shooting they had a like a nice setup like a light like Mm -hmm. three point line everything was good right Mm -hmm. um so i was out there i felt bad because sometimes i felt like i was keeping up wayne and Luann, but um it was good man like that was that was we you know we had that court and then like two blocks down or not even like a block down we had a a little park there with a, with a little hoop or whatever. But I, I just remember, like, I'd, I'd go out and, and whatever it was be shooting or whatever. And, and like, Joe and his buddies or whoever would come back and play. And like, I'd just be kind of like around and just wanted to get into the games. And obviously, I wasn't like as big or strong or as, as good as these people, but I was like, I don't, I didn't care. I'm getting in on that game. Um, so that was fun, like, uh, to have that little like neighborhood um, to grow
2: up in. I was always the youngest one.
0: So that he, always, he,
2: he always talks about the mean streets of Waverly. Is that accurate or is he just kind of, kind of puffing smoke? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's too many mean streets. In <laughs> All right, Then I, uh, I, I was, I was right then. I was right. Yeah.
0: But I mean, there was, you could get like, especially when I was in junior high and high school, um, uh, we would have open gyms like Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, you know, whatever, you know, name two or three days of the week. Um actually put on by like Nate Steggy because he was kind of coaching the, the high school team. And, but I remember like those games were, those were pretty legit. Um, Joe played in a couple, obviously, you know, we had Vetti, um, and then we just had as many, you know, older guys come in as possible. And so it was like almost like, uh, like a rec league. And I remember when I was like seventh, eighth, ninth grade, I was always the young guy. And back then I was super skinny, like not very strong, not very good, not very tall. And I would just get the crap beat out of me. Like every night I went in there.
2: Um, so maybe like you could maybe call those the mean streets away really, but it was just go. a couple That's nights. What he's talking about. All right, gotcha, gotcha. Hey, so was it uh was it always just hoops? Um, was there any other sports sports that you were playing?
0: Yeah, I played um I played baseball uh growing up, but then you get into that like AAU basketball and that takes up pretty much all summer. So um I kind of gave that up. Um I played football until my uh, fresh, I played my freshman year and then I was kind of done after that. Um, that was kind of the when I emphasized more of my basketball time and wanted to put in as much time as I possibly could. Um, and like the fall time is like great for, especially with like Nate Steggy. like he was so good with he would like anytime I wanted to get into the gym, he was like, all right, I'll meet you there in 15, I'll meet you there in 20. Like, he was an unbelievable part of my development as a player. Um, and and um, then I also, he, he was kind of mad about this, but I played tennis my freshman year. Um, so <laughs> I remember that was in the spring, I think. And, like, spring's obviously another time to, like, get good workouts in. Um, and so, yeah, I played one year. All my siblings played. It wasn't bad. Like, it, I, I was in pretty good shape, like, don't get me wrong like the professional tennis players they're legit like their footwork their agility like their strength everything like but i played one year
2: and i had to be done i wasn't very good <laughs> not to mention side to side movement uh you know that i i would uh you know i don't i don't play much defense but i would guess that that translates to the defense uh to that end of the ball but um would have when did player. uh uh when, did, uh when did AAU start for you? Was that a high school deal or, 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 was, or was that earlier? Um, so we had a little like travel club in Waverly
0: that I think started when I was either going into fifth grade or the summer after fifth grade, but it was somewhere around fifth grade where it was just, you know, one of my buddy's dads kind of coached and took the group of us that, um, you know, kind of the, the main group of the guys that played sports um and we just i mean we went to cedar Falls. we didn't do anything big or anything but just kind of traveled around um and then man i think it was my freshman year yeah my the summer after my freshman year um i got hooked up with the iowa mavericks um played with them for a couple months and then got pulled up to the barnstormers so i played for the barnstormers throughout high school in the summers
2: gotcha gotcha. What um, you know, as far as that that those 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 early teams you mentioned where, you know, a couple of dads put a team together, you know, I think we've we we we've, we've all kind of been on those teams, but um was that, you know, were there uh, a big emphasis on basketball at that age with 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 other kids, obviously with you, you know, it sounds like you are just, you know, constantly trying to get in the gym, constantly trying to get better. Um with a group of friends, you know, with the guys you hung out with, was basketball kind of the thing or or was it kind of hard to find, you know, a team that was willing to, to put that time in?
0: Sure. It it was definitely a thing uh, in the, in the summers, you know, when we, when it was like AAU basketball time, it was definitely like everybody was kind of focused on that. Um, And like, I, I just remember some of the best memories were from those, you know, fifth, sixth grade tournaments where you're with all your buddies or whatever you stay at a hotel or this or that, like, uh, those were like some of the best times. And that's really where like the friendships are kind of like born and sealed. Um, and like, I still talk to a couple of those guys that obviously I went and played with and then went to high school together and played school sports together. Um, but you know, you could kind of sense that, you know, after like the bass, bas- the AU basketball season was kind of over, you know, guys would move on to football or whatever it was. And I was just kind of always like, I, I kind of want to keep playing basketball. Um, so there was like a little bit of difference there, but it like during the seasons, you know, it, it was like everybody was just kind of focused on what we were doing at the time.
1: How how much did the success of the basketball program have on your motivation as a as a younger kid before you even had an opportunity to play in the high school? Yeah, I, I
0: mean, I remember watching. Uh, yeah, I, I think Betty was a Betty was a senior when they won. Um, yep. uh, what was that? Oh, seven. I think. Yep, I think you're right. Yep. you right. Um and like so I mean that was again like you like I traveled to the state basketball tournament with all those guys that I was playing with, right? So it was just kind of cool for all of us to be together and go watch like the varsity basketball team and like they killed everybody. Like it wasn't even it was like there was no good games in that state tournament. They won every game by 20, I feel like. Yeah. Um, so that was just kind of cool that like see um how like dominant you could be and like head and shoulders better than everybody else. And like, that was obviously just motivation to
2: be like, I want to get to that point. Right. Yeah. I mean, you guys had some, I mean, Waverly just in general, that, that whole, I mean, time frame. I mean, you know, we talked about Joe green, his four years. Um, and then after that, you mentioned Betty's four years Then, you know, you popping in there after that, I mean, there was, there was some good basketball teams coming out of Waverly for a long stretch of time. Um, and I know that, and I know that 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 I mean, Brian's going to uh let I me mean, dive into this a little bit more. But we talk about a lot with with high school basketball that you know you mentioned a couple of times here too that playing with with your buddies you grew up with um, you know you compare that to playing with your buddies in college. You know, you still obviously that they're still friends and stuff, but there's something. Out of the ordinary, about you know playing with those buddies from your hometown that you grew up with and stuff like that. So, so it's cool to hear you mention that, and you know the fact that you still continue to stay in touch with those guys. You know, as a lot of people do. You know, I think that's really cool, and and you know, just obviously part of your basketball story as well. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think you know, like you said, there's just a a difference of playing with dudes that you have been like you've known since you were five or six years old, right? And then like you're from similar backgrounds, you have all the you know you go hang out on the weekends, wherever it is, or, you know, like I didn't play football, but I went to every football game just to watch my guys. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had a couple, um, we had a couple like guys that we played with when we were young, kind of quit the basketball thing and, you know, it just wasn't for them, but they were in the stands cheering us on like every game. So it's just, yeah, it's just uh, definitely an original um, type of relationship that you can build with those
2: guys. Absolutely. Um- what about, uh, so specifically from eighth grade to freshman year, um, you know, obviously it was, it was a while ago, you know, a lot longer for Brian and myself, but uh, what 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 do you remember about that? Uh, what was that transition like? Was it orig- initially a bump up to varsity freshman year or was it, you know, freshman JV team? What did that look like?
0: Yeah, so when I was, I, I remember uh, Coach Steggy was the middle school PE teacher. So in, in middle school, like he would uh, like, in the morning have like, all right, we're having basketball workouts for the junior high kids. So I'd be in there every morning with him. Um, but then, you know, after I was going into my freshman year, I still wasn't like, I was maybe six, three, like super skinny, like haven't ever touched a weight in my life. I didn't eat food. It looked like, um, and so, you know, I was, I played on the freshman team my first year. Um, and then at the end of the year, um, kind of after the freshman season was over, but the varsity was still kind of going, um, Nate pulled me up and I remember this, like it was my first varsity practice and he was killing these dudes. Like we were running so much. I ran to the locker room, my lips were purple and I threw up and I like, he still, he still talks about this story. Like anytime we, you know, meet up and he's like, I felt bad, but like, I couldn't stop. Cause like the other guys needed it. like. And I was just like, yo, that's my first varsity practice. Like, (laughs) come on, man. But my biggest, my, yeah. So my biggest stride was between uh, my freshman year and my sophomore year. I grew a couple inches, um, hit the weight room that whole summer, Uh, again, uh, in a testament to not only Nate Steggy, but Bill Eckenrod, even Like, like guys that were just in the gym that got me better. Anytime I, need, anytime I needed to or wanted to get in the gym for a workout or get some shots up, like somebody was there with me, like opening the door, letting me in, making sure I wasn't breaking nothing. Um, so it was just like, if it wasn't for the environment that I had, I don't think I would be who I am today. Um, and they also like, again, they, they kind of, you know, build that love for the game. And I think that's what made me want to become like a coach and get into that side of things just so I could give back what they gave to me.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's huge. And so let's talk a little bit. We don't spend a ton of time, but going through the high school um, career, obviously you had a ton of success. um, If our, if our information department is accurate has you at a 70, 72 and seven in your uh, high school career, which is ridiculous. Um, that speaks a little bit about the, that program and what things were things were rolling um, for you guys. And so three seasons, three years in a row, you guys made a trip down to the state tournament. Um, what was what was maybe the first one? So the first one, I feel like, you know, the first time down there, maybe a little bit of deer in the headlights moment. But what was it like when you walked into um would have been wells fargo right because you were there in 11 yep so would have been wells fargo what was it what was it like when you walked out where you're like oh man this is pretty awesome like first time at standalone hoops like what what was the whole vibe what do you remember yeah i I
0: remember the the first thing was like the locker room it was just like huge super nice like cushion seats and i was like wow this is like kind of cool right like you're like kind of in a big time arena um and then just walking out to like you know as many stands or as many seats as there are in the stands obviously you know you're there for one thing is to try to win like a, a championship um but those first that first game man i struggled i was nervous i like i can't remember when this was but somebody had hit me up about it um and like sent me the film of it it was like yo, watch yourself and like i had like felt what felt like 15 turnovers like and just stupid ones too like like i didn't know what like it's like i never touched a basketball before um But after you get that first game out of the way and like, obviously we won, which was good, Um, but you're obviously up against like the best of the best in the state of Iowa. So, you know, you you never know which way it's going to go. And luckily we had a pretty good team that year, kind of rolled through that first game, the second game,
1: I think we won. Uh, oh yeah, second game we won in overtime. Yeah, beat Norwalk by one in overtime. Was that the Was that the dunk? Didn't you have yeah. like a tip or a dunk or something weird at the end of that one? Yeah, I
0: kind of forgot about that till like I was just thinking about it. But yeah, we won that game. Um, Connor Coleman threw me a lob at the end. I can't remember if it was in regulation or overtime. But like, I mean, oh, yeah. all I had to do was literally just like touch the ball and it went in. Yeah, um, it, it was a perfect pass. He was he was one of the Connor Coleman was one of the best passers I've ever played with.
1: Okay, so Connor, why why he's on this? We got to talk about Connor because watching that kid um, from a coach slash fan perspective was like he's one, he's one of the kids actually draws some comparison to Lamelo, I think, and that you're like, man, one possession he'll drive you nuts, and then the next possession he'll make a all like on time, on point pass, underhanded from forty five feet, and you're like, what is this kid doing? And I mean, he but he was fun to watch. Like he was a kid that. Was was fun to watch his mannerisms. If you didn't know the kid, were maybe like, oh man, is he like? Is he just messing around until like he makes a, a winning play like that? And so, what was it like playing with him? Because he, I know watching him for a couple of years was was a lot of fun, but at times would want to make make me want to pull my hair out too.
0: No, it was good, man. He was um, like I said, one of the best passers I've ever played with. Like he he saw things that like just nobody else in the gym except for Bill Eckenrod would see. Um, and so I think you know you know always having to be ready and if you're not ready you're going to get hit in the face with the wall kind of like really helped me like uh develop kind of always being ready and always having your hands ready right so but he was like you know he's a good teammate he was fun to play with he was obviously like fun to watch um yeah did like his handle was good he could score he could pass like
1: pretty good player yeah he was he he, like i said he was like up and down like you're watching like man this kid like you can really go and then the next minute you're like is he even trying and then you're like oh there you go you know so um so then let's talk about that that first year that you made the championship uh ran into healing right if i have that correct and um a close one i mean that that one you know, for you guys, maybe at that time with, you know, you being a sophomore, um, you know, maybe a little bit unexpected for you guys to make it that far. And so, so what do you remember going in that championship game and a little bit of the prep? Um, and then I was, I was there, I was in the house for that one. I know that you guys, uh, I, like I said, took it down on the wire and got beat right at the end. And so what do you remember about that championship experience?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, our team was like, we were deep. We had like 10 or 11 guys that like could really play. And I think from that team, that was probably the, the best team that I played on in high school. Um, I think like all, if not, if not all of them, like there were very few that didn't, but um, everybody went on to play wh- whether it was D1, D2 or D3 sport, you know, it wasn't just basketball, but baseball, football. Um, so we had like a bunch of athletes that could like, that could really play. And they were a group that, you know, obviously I was kind of the oddball out being the young guy, but those guys had played together forever. Um, and so like, we were 26 and 0 um, going into that state championship game. And like, you know, we were confident, but they, you know, they had, Heelan had a very good team as well. Um, so it was like, definitely, definitely the best two teams in the state were playing in the state championship game that year in um, like. I remember they came out in a zone and it kind of messed us up a little bit um, into like a little press, got a couple steals, a couple easy lay-ins. And that's probably what sealed them the game. Uh, but it was, uh, again, just a great experience, especially with those guys that, you know, I didn't really know prior to playing with them, but now like Jordan David, like one of my best friends, like I was yeah, his best him. man in his wedding and like me and him talk, you know, once, twice, every couple of weeks, like, um So being able to just build the relationships with those guys too, um, was something that was that was just really cool to do over that season.
1: Yeah, it's amazing. I forget I forget you you're you're refreshing my memory, yeah, I forgot you guys I mean, you pretty much dominated. Um, those were the best two teams in the state that year. but it's funny how when you experience something like that with those guys who, know you were friendly with before but now all of a sudden you make a championship run you lose a heartbreaker now all of a sudden it's like hey we're you know we're boys for life um doesn't matter because of because of a situation like that and i think that's what makes sport and basketball so awesome and so unique as well it's just a friendship that's forged whether you want them or not um and so that yeah that uh that's neat who remind me who's healing so who was who was like their stud that year um well they had a uh
0: Wesley Staten, I think okay. was his name. He was pretty good. They had, um, I think their last name was Malloy, the, the Malloy brothers. And then they had um, Shane Graves, who I actually played with yeah. the Barnes with. Yeah. Uh, little lefty point
1: guard who he went on mm-hmm. and played at uh, um, Briar Cliff. Briar Cliff, at- yep. Yeah, yeah he, he could go. That's right. No, that was, uh, yeah, that was a good team. I mean, two programs too um, that were no, no uh no newbie to being down in state tournament so that's uh that's huge and so then junior year um you guys make it back to state I believe you got bounced in the first round to Grinnell um so we'll skip over that and get to that senior year what uh what was the biggest jump going in from your junior year to your senior year um and had you committed or what was the recruitment process like um and going into that senior season yeah I had um
0: I had committed to northern Iowa um which, you know, was a, uh, I was very excited to do. It's obviously a blessing um, without hitting it too much, like learned a lot from them, Um, but it did kind of take, you know, just um, committing early, kind of took like a load off your shoulders, right? Like you weren't so nervous or whatever, like who's sitting in the stands or who's watching, or, you know, I need to play my best game like ever, Um, which now being like on the other side of things, isn't really how it goes. It's like, you're not going to base off one game, you know, what you're going to do with a kid, right? Um, But I think the biggest, the biggest difference between my junior year and my senior year was, um, it was, it was kind of like my time, like to be the guy, Um, which, you know, granted we had a bunch of, um, again, we had a bunch of athletes, you know, most of them went on to play D1, D2, D3 sports, and, uh, and, you know, we started off that year. I, I can't remember. If you ask Nate Steggy or Bill Eckenrod, they'll know. They'll know. Oh yeah. We started off like 0-3 or 0-4 and maybe 0-5 or something like that. And like, everybody was just, I remember we we were playing at Charles city. Um, and we, we were up by like 10 in the first half and, myself nor Jake Velke played the whole second half because like they were just so mad at us and granted like yes we were we were probably like being soft um so that happened that was kind of like the turning point in our season so credit to to coach Staggy and that coaching staff for for doing that because that's really what turned our season around and we didn't lose another game after that
1: that's a that's an absolute Nate Staggy move right there too just pull them set them out. Don't let them play. Like, I love it, but uh, that's hilarious. And so, yeah, so then you, you mentioned obviously struggling the start and then that um, kind of being the turning point, I'm sure Eckenrod wanted nothing to do with losing to Charles City either. Yeah. Um, totally. <laughs> but uh, so then from there, you guys kind of got things rolling. Um, I imagine you kind of settled in, came to your own, um, kind of figured things out and found yourself down at the state tournament again. Um, for the third year in a row. This time, first round, you, you beat Mount Pleasant. Um, in the first round, I got 54-49 and then um, ran into Assumption in the second round. What do you remember about that Assumption game other than the fact that uh, offensively was a struggle? It looks like 36-32 final <laughs> yeah. on that one. On well, that was,
0: again, I think I think that game was probably the, the two best teams in the state. Um, I mean, Assumption, they had... Uh, uh, Billy Daniel was his name. Um, and he was, you know, kind of like uh, he was kind of like me, just like a uh, played the three, four, five, you know, strong kid, skilled. Um, so that was a good matchup. Uh, but yeah, it was like I it felt like a football game, like that was that was legit, like physical. Um, uh, obviously, both teams like hard nosed defenses. Um, so yeah, luckily, we 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 scored 36 and won the game. Uh, so that, 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 that defense wins championships, I guess. But uh, yeah, I mean, and like you said, the, the first game was Mount Pleasant and, you know, we, we got kind of lucky in that game. Um, there was uh, you know, a couple loose balls that went our way, a couple calls that went our way. Um, and then obviously, you know, we just had guys knocking down shots. I remember Jake Velke was, and Dan Stenzelin throughout that whole tournament where they were just good. And then we had two, um, two kids on the team that were kind of like our defensive stoppers. And they just like took that with pride and played hard and, and tried to take on that role of guarding the other guy's best player. Um, and so like that, you know, we
1: just had a, a, a pretty well-built team. Um, that yeah, a lot of, a lot of athletes just a lot of just like real just competitive you know athletic guys but guys who coming up through a program again that breeds success and so find yourself in the championship against a similar foe in the fact that uh somebody that's not uh not afraid or shy away from a championship moment in harlan um yeah. it's very similar thing i mean they're gonna have athletes you know maybe one really good basketball player and then you know, a bunch of guys that are really good at their other sports, um, but just know how to win. At the end of the day, just winners. And so what was the mindset uh, or how, how are things different or maybe the outlook a little bit different for you personally from, you know, that sophomore year going in the championship game kind of being like, I'm going to take this as it comes to me. Whereas going into senior year, it's like, hey, if, if I play well, we win.
0: Yeah, no, I was. There was definitely a different mindset, not only just because you know I'm a little bit older, but I've been there before. Um, and nobody else on the team had. Right. So um, but I remember Harlan, they, you know, we they threw in like a like a triangle and two, a box in one, like all these junk defenses just trying to throw us off. Um, and like we kind of knew that they were gonna do that. Um so I remember, like, all I did that whole game is, yeah, I I don't even know how many points I scored, but I might have, I might have had 10. I don't know. I just set a pick and roll for Dan Stensland and he knocked down elbow jumpers all night. Like, that was, it was just like, okay, like, if you aren't going to guard him, he's going to shoot the ball and he's going to make it. And, like, attest to him. I think he won the MVP of the game or something like that. I can't remember. But, I mean, he was knocking down elbow jumpers all night. Um, But, yeah, that was, that was a fun game. I remember... Uh, I was a little nervous the night before and I was talking to to Eckenrod and he said, like, I remember it's it, this will stick in my my head forever. He said, like, don't worry about it. At the end of the game, you're going to play with all your other seniors. And then we're pulling you off the floor and sending somebody else in. And that, exactly like he said, it happened. And like, I just like right when I got to the sideline and saw him, I lost it. Like I was bawling my eyes out. Like it was just it was such a good feeling.
1: That's that's awesome. Well, and that you kind of alluded to it, but that's going to be my next question. Then is, um, once you guys have an opportunity to celebrate, um, first and foremost, obviously the championship, the hard work that you put in uh, to get to that point um what was it like then you know you know you're playing basketball you know you're going you know down the road 15 minutes to, to continue your career but uh as you mentioned some of those guys that you played with or you grew up with or got some park ball in this is your last time competing with those guys and so what do you remember about that experience and getting an opportunity to not only celebrate with them but then you know the bittersweet side of that of of also kind of having to say goodbye from from a playing standpoint yeah i mean it's
0: you know it's tough um yeah, I remember that year, like, we had a couple guys in my class that were on the team, um, and then we had a bunch of juniors, and then we had um, one sophomore, um, or maybe a couple. I can't remember. But, um, yeah, it was just, like, a, like right after the game, obviously, it's, like, joy. That's all you can feel. It's just you just feel good, like, oh, like, for me, at least, like, being there two years and not getting it done and then being there a third year and finally getting it done, it just felt so good to, like, actually have it under your belt, like, or, or say that you did it, right? Um, but then luckily, you know, the next Monday you go to school and you see all your boys again. So that kind of helps. The, the time where it got a little, like, you know, a little sad is when you're going to everybody's graduation parties and, you know, parents are talking and everything. And then, you know, soon you're off to college without your boys anymore. And you got to, like, not start all over. And, I, you know, I got lucky, obviously, playing college hoops. You build relationships with those guys. Um, that lasts forever so uh, I I think I had it a little bit easier Um, but yeah it was it was definitely like a bittersweet moment knowing that like it was kind of just over
1: was there for you personally was there any like I feel like there had to been like a small sense of relief uh, in in winning as well because I imagine you kind of took it upon yourself to be like hey, you know, we've been really close, and this is my senior year. Like, did you kind of – it was a a weight felt lifted once that horn sounded? For sure. For sure. And, like, it just – you know, not only for us, but I think
0: for for all the coaches, too, like, finally getting it done, it just feels good.
1: Yeah. Well, and getting another one, um, and then revenging that loss, you know, from two years prior, you know, from a staff and a a program standpoint has to feel pretty good uh, I'm looking at the numbers here. Uh, coach Seggy must not have entered them because Harlan's got their percentages in, but, uh, Waverly doesn't have theirs, but it looks like he led the whole way end of the first, um, let it halftime by three, let it end of the third and then won it. So, um, so it had to have been a good feeling going through knowing that, uh, knowing that that was coming, uh, being able to, to hold on and, and win another state title. And so then, what was uh, what was the transition like? I'll kick this to Adam here in a minute, but, uh, you know, you graduate, you mentioned kind of going to those parties, sort of saying goodbye, but, you know, I know, like Stenson, he went to Iowa State that first year. I mean, you, you know, you're down the road 15 men. I mean, people are still around. I mean, we've all been there freshman year. Feels like your life's changing forever, but once you get settled in, you're like, yeah, I still kind of talk to the people I want to talk to. Like, we're still around, we still hang out, still making their way. But uh, once you got on campus at at Cedar Falls, what uh, what was kind of the the biggest transition and or the like first real hit in the mouth where you're like, oh shit, I'm in college now. Yeah. Um, well, I,
0: you know, obviously, I got there in I end of May or beginning of June, whenever like the new guys come in for summer school, and then we got workouts in June and July. Um, but, like, you, you definitely felt like you were in college when you're living in a dorm room with no AC. And like, and, like, you're in a tiny ass room with one other dude who, like, granted, is on the basketball team. So, you're going to, you know, you have a good relationship. You have similar interests, which is nice. Um, but then, who'd you live with? So, the actually, the first summer, all the freshmen lived together. So it was myself, Jeremy Morgan, Bennett Cook, Robert Kennar, and Ted Friedman. Okay. Uh, so I you know we were just we were all together in like this I forget what the name of the building is called but they're like apartments with three or three bedrooms I think and is it Bartlett Hall Bartlett. no it was it's over by the pool um what's the pool uh
2: kind of by like Dan Deary Motors Ah, uh, gotcha gotcha yeah we it's, we we, lived, we uh we lived in Bartlett Hall I believe that 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 summer but and, and I think they actually had air conditioning over there so Wow, good for you! Good had had time for us. <laughs> you had a But yeah, so I just remember those
0: those first couple lifts where those were tough. And like you know, I with Stegy, like he got me in the weight room and again got me stronger. But like it, it was just different because it was more like coming out of high school, I was like two thirty five, and like. I remember I was just eating like a frozen pizza every night, like whatever didn't really matter. Like I couldn't really run. Like I couldn't play like you need to play at the division one level. Right. And so I remember like a lot of conditioning, a lot of lifts, like the power lifting, the, the cleans, all that stuff. Um, and then like, you know, I finally ended up like my playing weight in college was like 225. Um, so, you know, I had to lose a little bit of weight just so I could run up and down the floor a little bit. Um, but yeah, those workouts, man, those were, I still get like nightmares about how bad my legs
2: felt. Yeah, those are rough. Those are rough. Um, uh, obviously redshirt first year. So was that the plan coming in or was that a conversation, um, you know, closer to season, um, you know, whether, whether that was happening or not? Yeah, that was uh, like from the get go,
0: the plan, gotcha. um, you know, which I think was really good for me um, just to have a, just a year of just getting better, a year of getting your body right, year of like tweaking this or tweaking that, and and learning the system, and obviously being around older guys and seeing how it's done. Like that was a very good year, um, very good year for me.
2: Yeah, and you know, I I read sure as well. Um, and you know, it it coming into it, you know, you're you're coming through high school as you know, I'm probably one of my team's best players, if not the best player. In your case, um, you know, and not playing for an entire year, you know, at least in my mind was like, man, that's gonna, this is going to suck. Um, and honestly, while we're go, while I was going through at year two, I mean, you know, early morning workouts, 5am workouts, get a workout in before practice, then practice and then get another workout in, you know, that's tough. Um, however, looking back, um, it sounds like you feel the same. I mean, that was just, it was, I mean, such a benefit to be able to do that to improve and get stronger and stuff like that too.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, we had the, we had those early morning lifts, um, workouts, like pre-practice, post-practice, whatever it was. But the most fun thing though, for me was like, you got to play on the scout team where there was really no like responsibility. It was just like, go do what this guy does or just play, like just play. So that was like, you just got to work on whatever you wanted to work on that day. And like, I mean, our scout team was pretty nice. I'm not going to lie. It was, it it was fun, man. It was fun.
2: Yeah. We had some, when I was redshirt and we had some shooters in the league too. So it was that, that's the person I usually drew. So it was like, Hey, if, if you have an inch of open space, light it up. And I'm like, yep. Okay. I can do that. I can <laughs> do that for sure. Um, So after redshirt year um, looks like came in and, and got some spot minutes here. looks like played um, 19 or 20 games, got minutes in 19, 20 games. What do you remember about you know, your first year after taking a, a you know, an entire year off of actually playing basketball in a real game, um, I guess, what do you remember about those first couple of games of uh, your red, your redshirt freshman year?
0: Yeah, um, I just remember that that team was pretty good. Um, and so, like, even in practice, like, it felt like a game because those dudes were just good. I remember, like, Marvin Singleton, like, you try to move him and that's just not happening. Like, <laughs> he was so strong and cut was so... Tuttle was just so skilled, like when um, Nate Bus could just shoot the lights out of the ball. Like, so, you know, guys that were kind of in my position were just like flat out good. Um, so it was like fun just to go up against them in practice. But yeah, those, you know, I, those small amount of games that I got in were great. Um, obviously, just having the experience of being at the MVC tournament, um, then going and, and being in the NCAA tournament, like are just some of the things that like not a lot of people get to do and even just to sit there on the bench and experience it is, is pretty cool.
2: Right. And I, you know, had a, had a very similar experience. Uh, We made it three times. I didn't really get to play a whole lot in those games, but I mean, you know, you're, you're playing against these teams, you know, we played against Georgia tech, Georgetown, um, Wisconsin, you know, just to, just to be a part of that, like you said, was, 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 was awesome. And not to mention, you know, you're in the NCAA tournament, so you're on a good team. Um, yeah. and I'm assuming learning, learning from some of those guys that you mentioned, uh, you know, that experience, um, was probably a second to none, uh, you know, learning, learning from an all American and Seth Tuttle. And as you mentioned, Marvin, uh, you know, honestly kind of went unnoticed on that team. I mean, but I would compare him to a little bit like Lucas O'Rear a couple of years, uh, in the future, um, or, or excuse me in the past, but, um, you know, just good players to learn from, uh, as a, as a young basketball player. Yeah. um, Like you said, like Marvin, like, yeah, went a
0: little bit unnoticed by, you know, your average basketball fan. Um, But I think, you know, anybody that knows the game really knows like how much time and effort he put in and how much he impacted our games. Um, I I just like, there was, there was things that you learned from Marv. He didn't say anything like you just watched him and you learned from just watching how he just goes about his everyday life. which is just, some, you know, something that I, obviously not a lot of people get to experience. So you just kind of have to be a sponge and take
2: it in and just take as much in as you possibly can. Right, right. And then, um, yeah, moving on to the next year, uh, had another, I mean, another really good team, you know, a lot of high expectations there. How was the, what, what, what was the vibe like on that team? I mean, obviously, like I said, you know, you had, a, um, had another really good team coming back. Was there you know, similar expectations, NCAA tournament, um, or what was that? What was the early season like there with that team?
0: Yeah, we, uh, yeah, we obviously wanted to get back. Like you, you know, you get a taste of it, um, and you just want to get right back. Um, so I, you know, like we had a, we had a pretty good team that year. We're like West at the West Point at the point guard, um, Bohannon and Paulie J, uh, Paul Jesperson, obviously as your shooters. Um, and it was just like, uh, I remember, I think we started the year off pretty good. Um, and then we kind of like middle of the season kind of hit a slump yeah. and then really hit our stride at the very end of the year. Um, and that was, you know, it was just fun. Like, again, the, everybody on that team liked each other. Everybody was tight. Um, and we had a, you know, had a couple seniors, had a couple young guys that needed to do their job. Like, you know, Jeremy Morgan was excellent that year. Um, yeah obviously West was kind of like our, uh, like our point guard, our leader. And like, you know, we kind of, he was an energetic, energetic dude. Like we just fed off of him. Right. And he was in there, you know, making plays, scoring Like his athleticism and his length. Like he was one of the better defenders that, like I've ever seen. Um, and so being able to hit our stride at the end of the year, like when we really needed to, um, to get to the NCAA tournament is just, you know, it was just – it was a great feeling. And then, obviously, another good experience.
1: That was the year that you beat uh, number one North Carolina at home, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah the, w- what do you remember about that experience?
0: Um, so, the I remember after the game, everybody was just on the floor. I mean, it was, like, crazy, right? And then, you know, somebody said it after, like, no number one seed is ever going to come and play at Northern Iowa ever again. So, like, it was <laughs> great, but it was, like mm, – we're never going to get this experience again because nobody's going to come here. And like, granted, like, I think they came because Marcus Page was, was playing, but he was hurt that game. Um, But, you know, that's a really cool thing for, for Roy Williams and like North Carolina to do is like, all right, let's get our guys. They've, you know, spent all their time and effort like contributing to our program. Let's get them back home, which I think is just something, you know, super cool that I, you know, I don't know if a lot of people do that or not.
1: Yeah, that's a, it is a neat, uh, a neat way to go about it. But then so then early season that year, too, then you also beat a really good Iowa State team in the big four at Wells Fargo. Um, yeah. What do you remember about that one?
0: Man, that lineup had like all NBA dudes. Like yeah. They were good, man. They were NBA good. Team. Um, yeah, they were really good. Uh, I, we, you know, we, we, we had guys that made big plays, um, just kind of, we're ourselves right like we weren't going to change what we were going to do just because we were playing like iowa state who i mean if you go down the line it's like nba 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 which is just crazy like they were so good, that team um, was really good. and then i remember after that game i think that's we might have been going to hawaii straight after that game
2: yep. so it was kind of
0: like all right let's just win and like enjoy the night and like i think we had to get up at like 4 a.m to like walk somewhere and then fly to hawaii i don't know but uh but then I think, you know, we, I don't think we did too, I don't think we did too well in Hawaii, now that I'm thinking about it.
1: No, it looks like uh, one and yeah. one and three, maybe.
0: Yeah, and so then we, you know, that, that I think that might have started our little slump. Um, well,
1: well, I'm glad you brought that up, because that was going to be my next question, was how does a team beat the number one team in the country, the number five team in the country, and then lose four in a row to Indiana State, Loyola, Wichita State, and Illinois State. That's <laughs> oh, college
0: basketball. That's college basketball. It's what happened? Kids. Like, Kids, yeah.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, man.
0: Well, yeah, like, I don't – honestly, I don't think anybody. it was kind of frustrating because nobody really knew. It's like we, we didn't change anything. We didn't do this. We didn't do that. Like, nobody was like – it wasn't like, uh, you know, we were getting mad at each other. Like, no or like some type of split between the team or between the coaches and the player. Like there was nothing. It was just like, what, like we just got to get out of the slump.
2: Like just keep being us. And like, it worked. Man, I say this, I say this quite often to, to individuals who are upset about their college team losing, but you know, they're 18, 19, 20, 21 year old kids playing a sport. And you know, sometimes it's, sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's just the day or, you know, yeah. whatever it is, but, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, it was, you know, a little bit of a slump and maybe, you know, you get that high of beating those those really good teams. And sometimes you just uh, sometimes you just come down from that. You know, that's that's kind of how it how it goes. For sure.
0: so yes. I mean, maybe you need maybe we needed that, you know, stretch of 10, 12, 15 games to get to where we wanted to be. I don't know. Nobody knows, but we know what happened. Yeah. yeah
1: yeah yeah exactly well it's just like and i mean again going back to the age thing you get up for different reasons like you know whether you want to admit it or not i mean you're north carolina coming to your house you're gonna think about that a little bit different than um going and going to indiana state or something you know and so um there's just a huge difference with that as well um and so so I I'll, I'll go ahead and lead this because I, Adam it might hurt Adam too much. So state to, or so, sorry so you get to the NCAA tournament um Texas that was a that was a wild game. Um, you guys might have to help me connect the dots a little bit. That was a buzzer beater, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um so what was it like though, okay, NCAA tournament um playing a program like Texas? What what do you kind of remember going into going into that matchup?
0: Yeah, I mean, we were all obviously like excited. I mean, you know, a couple of us were a little nervous, like um, just like, honestly, just the nerves are all up until that like tip goes off. And it's like, all right, we're playing basketball. Um, and so I, you know, it was, it was good. Like it was back and forth. You know, we had a little bit of a lead then they had a little bit of a lead. And um, you know, we were trying to just like play our game where I was in at the five and we we're going small ball and they had, I can't remember his name, but he was, huge like he put me under the rim like six times and there was like nothing i could do about it he had like 100 pounds um but like yeah we were just like going back and forth going back and forth and then next thing you know paul shoots it from half court (laughs) makes it and like everybody just goes crazy like it was uh, honestly like it's foggy in my head just because of like how excited everybody was
1: Yeah, that was it. Was exciting. I mean, anytime you can get a win in the NCAA tournament, um, you know you take it. I, I obviously against a, a power five and a, a storied program like Texas, and then you add in the emotional roller coaster. That's a back and forth game. That's won by the buzzer on a shot like that is wild. Um,
2: which boy, uh, th- is is Cameron Ridley six ten to ninety. Yeah. That 90 and they had another they
0: had another big that was you know super tall long i forget his name too but he like there was twice in that game where he blocked shots that i was like how on earth did he get that like there was a i think there was a matt bohannon floater and he i thought i was like all right he made that next thing i know it's like in the first row it's like what the
2: heck?
1: that's crazy That's uh that, that, those are the type of things that uh next level like here we go we're, we're there and then um quick turnaround and face a tough texas a&m team um and so i'm sure this is a game that you've you've probably blocked off a little bit in your mind here and so i won't uh spend a ton of time but i know there's some listeners that would get mad if we didn't touch on this and so going through that game um i so i remember watching this game and so my wife's a, a UNI grad as well. And so we were watching this game together. Uh, obviously got down the stretch, struggled to break the press, needless to say a little bit down the stretch. And um, the rest of this is a little fuzzy, but I just remember yelling at the TV, being a little uncomfortable, her, her being like, no, it's fine. Like, it's good. Like, we got this. And I'm like, ah. I don't
2: know. I don't know. <laughs>
1: like, they have struggled. I mean, they, you had moments Moments of that game where it's like you guys are like, geez, these guys are about ready to be Texas and Texas a and like this is unbelievable. Um, and then obviously, you know, things did not fall into place uh, the way that we all would wanted them down the stretch. But uh, take me through a little bit of that game. Take me through the highs and the lows and the roller coaster. That was that Texas a and matchup. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, again, like we were playing pretty good at the time, like we were a pretty good team. Um, obviously and coming off a win with Texas, like, you know, we're pretty confident, you know, get that first game out of the way. All right, let's go get this thing done. And obviously our coaches like put us in the best position possible. Like their, their game plan was great. Their, the strategy was great. Like everything was just kind of falling into place and like, Jeremy
1: Jeremy Morgan was great too. Oh my God. What do you have? 36. uh, That game just went bonkers. Yeah. He's a good player. Well, at the end of the game, when you don't, we don't have
0: Wes, we don't have Bohannon, we don't have Paul. So we, three seniors and they're all on the bench. And so it's like, everybody was just kind of like turning to Jeremy and like, all right, please score this basketball. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like he, he really did put the team on his shoulders there for a while, but um, yeah, man, it was just like, it, it's one of those things that's like, you, you almost like, we didn't have control over it, I felt like. It was just, like, you know, snowball effect. Next thing you know, we're losing the basketball game. And, like, that's, again, like you said, that's another one that, like, I kind of just want to forget about. Now everybody loves to remind me about it. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was, like, yeah, it was just it, you, you have it in your hand, and then the next thing you know, it's, it's gone. And, like, I think we were mat- matched up to, like, be in the Sweet 16, and we are going to play um buddy healed in Oklahoma I oh, okay. okay um and like we were you know like super excited like you know whoever like you know we win this game we're moving on like let's let's just keep going like we'll take it one game at a time and just keep going like who knows wow. um and then to have that just like stripped in a minute is it's just like devastating like I well, like especially then going from like you're high of high against Texas and just like the absolute worst possible way you can lose a basketball game, the best yeah. of the works. And it's just like, how do you, how do you cope
1: with that? Yeah, that was, that was tough because it was so, so it's two overtimes. I'm trying to, trying to remember kind of connect the dots, obviously two overtimes um, going through. And that's what you mentioned. You, you guys ran into some foul trouble. And I think that's what it was when, when Bohannon fouled out um I think he was the one that was predominantly like taking the ball out or throwing the ball in and then he fouled out and I was like oh shit <laughs> like no like because now you know now what are we gonna do and and then Morgan like you said Jeremy just kept getting buckets I mean he had 36 I know that would have been so Alex Caruso would have been obviously Texas A&M's dude he had 25 yeah. um you were I think you were the second leading scorer was 17 and so you, know, you were doing your thing as well but uh I mean, that's just something that too, like you're, you mentioned it, like you kind of, you know, you're a little bit in a Cinderella role and when the wheels kind of start falling off and now your guys that you got you, there are not out there with you. And it's just like snowball effect. of one thing leads to a next. And like you said, it it very easily, could go one way or the other. I mean, now all of a sudden you hit a shot like you did against Texas. It, It obviously does not roll that way for you guys, but um at the end of the day, not one that you you probably want to remember as we talked about, but an overall NCAA tournament experience that had to been something, you know, that that you enjoyed or that you think back on, on relatively fondly.
0: Yeah, I, well, you know, anytime you can go, whether it's a state championship or NCAA or MVC tournament, like it doesn't, like the, yeah, you're like there to play basketball, but you're also building these relationships with all your teammates, right? Um, but that like, definitely, I think that one kind of made me better as just a person. And like, I think it made us all better as people because you're so high and you're on a pedestal, like, like game winning shot, like that is the best possible way to win a tournament or to win a game in the biggest tournament there is. And then the absolute worst possible way to lose. And also that same big tournament. And it's just like, you, you have to deal with it. You have to cope with it. You have to like figure it out. Like you have highs, you have lows, like you, you, you got to just keep going.
1: Yeah. And, and just to know too, for our listeners, as I'm looking back through the box scores, um so you guys had as a team had 13 turnovers uh texas a actually had 14 and so i know at least in my memory thinking back like it felt like a, a turnover parade there down the stretch but it really wasn't like it, it was you know a fluke of different things here you know whatever i mean it wasn't it wasn't like the wheels just completely fell off from a statistical standpoint um i just remember being like i think because as a fan watching it, it's like, God, you just want you guys to win so bad, you know? Yeah, and yeah. so it's like one of those deals where you're like, oh, man, like every every little thing, you just like, oh, man. And then opportunistic, too. I mean, they were, you know, getting easy ones, and you guys were absolutely working your asses off to complete a contested bucket over, like, 2 outstretched hands. And so it's, like, just that difference of, of yeah. going through. But uh, they definitely – like,
0: credit to them, like, right? We turned the ball over. They converted it every time, whether it was mm-hmm. – you know, I, I, there might have been a couple, like, just easy break, like, easy layups, but, like, I think a couple times, you know, they took the ball out, like, underneath the hoop and, like, hit a three. All right, and yeah. then, uh, like, Daniel House hits a three. Caruso hits a three, or he drives into the lane, gets an easy layup, whatever it is, or dish out. Like, Caruso played pretty dang good in that second half. Um, oh, yeah. So, like, yeah, they not only did they, like, did we turn it over or they made us turn it over, but then they just, they, I mean, they ran with it.
1: And last stat, I'll share on this one. So you guys had 16 assists to their eight team assists. Um, and it just kind of shows the style of play too. And the fact that, you know, it was, it was athletes obviously going out and making plays and getting buckets when they needed it. Um, you know, you guys did everything. Like I said, you played well. I mean, you were right there. You did everything you were supposed to. I mean, honestly, if... You know, you guys would have would have going into the tournament. Hate when you do this, but like, hey, you're gonna you're gonna beat Texas. You're gonna be with Texas AM and double overtime. You know, you probably sign up for it. And so, so, so fun, fun year uh, for you nonetheless. Yeah. But uh, so then moving forward, what? So hungry going into the next year. What what does it look like off season? Um, get a taste of the NCAA tournament. Uh, what do you What do you remember about that off season?
0: Yeah, I mean, we were, you know, we. Let's see, it was, it was you know, J Mo was a senior. Okay. He came in with our class, but then, you know, he, he didn't redshirt. Um, Ted Friedman didn't redshirt. So like it was, it was now that kind of time where it was like, all right, it's, you know, it's, it's us now. It's all, all our older or our vets are kind of gone. It's our duty now to kind of take this thing and keep going. Um, and like, you know, those last, honestly, the last two years, I think we were 500 or something like that, but like at no point in time was it, you know, anybody like like I said, it wasn't. You know, I hate him. I hate them. Our coaches are terrible. Our players are like. It's just like there was nothing that we were still like bonded and we were still one. And like everybody was trying to get to that same goal of being at the NCAA tournament, but it just wasn't. Just wasn't in the cards.
2: Yeah, and you know, it's it's interesting, kind of thinking back and and hearing that too because. You know, kind of like a a Virginia type type issue when you know they 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 were number one seed lost sixteen seed, you know. Then the next year came back and 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 you know won the championship. You just kind of you you wonder how kids that age react to that and how they how they continue on. You know whether that be positive or whether that be negative. Um, <clears throat> so it sounds like everything was positive. What was the what was the locker room like? What did Coach Jake say after that game after that game against Texas A and M? Um. Yeah, I remember, remember. yeah, yeah he, I mean, he was just very, like, uh,
0: I guess, like, he was just caring. He just wanted to make sure everybody was okay, right? Like, obviously, he's disappointed. We're all disappointed. But, like, it was never, like, at that point in time, it's, it's like, he's got to take care of his guys, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember the some reporter, somebody, came media guy came in and said, like, I need Jeremy, Clint, and, like, one other person, like, to go do um like the media stuff after and coach Jake's like no like bohannon Wes, paul like and grabbed all the seniors and took them out to which i i thought like at, at the time i don't think about it right i was like yeah okay cool and then and then it's like you think about it like now and it's just like all right like that was that was like a class a thing to do you yeah. uh, and, and again like he's obviously one of the best coaches i've ever been around not only is he a good coach, like basketball wise, but the dude is just like, he's just a good guy, like mm-hmm. takes care of his people, obviously cares for him, loves him. Um,
2: so I was very fortunate to, to be with him for five years. Yeah, just, it sounds like a very, very um, Coach Jake like uh, after that, after that game. Um, so let's fast forward a couple of years. Um, you know, obviously a very, very storied, very, very successful career um, in Cedar Falls, um you know finished out it looks like uh here from our research team 819 points um which is a ton uh, you know and and obviously obviously stats you know at least from an outsider like me watching games you know aren't everything that your game was right i mean just tons of hustle plays tons of rebounds that you know nobody kind of um you know may not show up on the stats and stuff like that so it it was a it was very fun. It was a pleasure to watch you play, Clint. Um, how did how did uh, how did that when 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 the final buzzer sounded of your career, you and I? What were the emotions like? Um, you know, what do you recall about about that time?
0: Um, well, I think that last game was against Loyola. Mm-hmm. When they went that year, they went to the uh, Final Four. The Final Four, I believe. Yes. Um, eight eighteen, right? Eighteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yep. So, but I remember like they were, I mean, they were pretty they were they were a great team. And so we played them in the first for the second round of the MVC tournament. Second round. I think you'd be Evansville. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so we played them in the second round and they were good. Like they were really good. Um I think we might have lost by four, six, eight, somewhere in there. Four. Good memory. 5450. Yep. Um, and it was just like at the time, it was obviously like we are you know, a little bit like we were just sad, disappointed. Um, like we wanted to obviously like our only way in was to just win the whole thing. And obviously Loyola, like if we could get past them, we could get past anybody right. in that year. Right. Like they were the team to beat. Um, and then now looking back on it, it's like, all right, we lose. To, we lose by four. But like they make the final four like that That's is great, probably man. it was probably their year. Like yeah. it was, it was their story. It was their, it was their turn to kind of do things, and show off like how the NBC is is a pretty good lead, right? Yeah. Um, but definitely after that, after that last game, it was just uh, a lot of tears, a lot of just sadness. But a lot of like, still like, you know, you're gonna travel back to Cedar Falls with your guys, and you have what a couple more months now to be with your guys until. You know, we all go our separate ways and that, you know, luckily, you know, we all still stay in touch. We all, you know, a couple of us went and played overseas for a little bit and a couple of people, you know, here, there. And so um, obviously, like Paul Jesperson gets married this summer and everybody meets up again. And it's just like the old days. Right. So it's, yeah. you know, it, it was sad at the time. But now it's, it's kind of nice to look back on and still, you know, be able to be tight with those guys.
1: Did you know, did you have any idea what you were going to do post-graduation? Did you know that your professional was on the table or what was that like for you?
0: Yeah, no, I, I didn't. Um, I remember uh, Coach Jake was sat down with Bennett Cook and myself in the video room. And he was just like, what do you, you know, what do you guys want to do? And uh, he's like, you guys want to go play? You want to get into coaching? What, you know, are you st- sticking around here? You know, like how can, he was pretty much like, how can I help you get to where you want to be? And like, that was kind of the first time I thought about it. And I was like, well, I don't know if I'm good enough to go play overseas, um, but I de- like, I definitely would. Like, I kind of want to experience that. Uh, and at the time I was like, kind of made that decision. And I was like, all right, that's what I'm doing. Um, so I got pretty lucky, you know, obviously kept working out. Um, uh, I don't know if do you remember John Little? Oh yeah. yeah. So he was our um, video coordinator at the time when i was a senior so me and him hit the gym, or me and him hit the gym like every day just working out he put me he put me through some of the hardest workouts like i've ever been through um, he had a
2: good he had, he had a good yeah he had a he had a really good career overseas i feel like Played yeah, he, for a long time
1: yeah like
0: 10 10 11 years
1: oh, and he's doing he's doing player development now isn't he yeah he's with he's with the hurt uh, right? yeah. yeah yeah so i you know i stay in touch with him obviously saw him
0: Um, in Vegas for summer league, um, Tuttle was out there, Coach Jake was out there, Paul was out there, Sean Sweeney was out there, bro. He was like, is you know, you have all these you and I guys, and you all get together, and it's just it's great.
1: So, so what's uh, the uh, what's what's the the best thing that PJ's taught you? PJ, yeah,
0: yo, me and PJ had our times in college, uh, (laughs) we had our time. Um, but like, he just, uh, I stopped by the office on my way out of town, um, and said, what's up to him. And I had a good 30, 45 minute conversation. And he texted me like, I think it was yesterday, uh, asked me how everything was going. Like the dude is like one of the hardest workers, like I've ever been around. Like the, it seems like he's always either on the phone with a recruit, watching film or doing this or doing that. And then like in his free time, he'll go play golf. And like, so, you know, it's just, it's fun to like, be able to pick his brain. Um, And now, you know, they kind of like are hitting me up about stuff we do. So that's kind of a nice, like a cool feeling of just like a little back and forth, a little bit of giving back to, you know, all this stuff that, that, you know, not just him, but everybody on that staff gave me.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, those, those are some great stories. Hopefully, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have to work on an invite next summer to, uh, NBA Summer League, Brian. We'll yeah, no, no, for sure. See how we can see, see how we can do that somehow. Um, yeah. I'll awesome, you Clint. Yeah, <laughs> perfect, perfect. I'll be waiting for it. <laughs> um, well, hey, Clint, it's been awesome learning more about you, hearing a little bit more about your background. Um, we like to end our end our podcast with a little section called Rapid Fire. Brian will hit you with a couple questions, some about hoops, some not about hoops, and you just let us know what comes to top of your head. All right, let's do it. All right, Coach. Here we go. First one is favorite
1: visiting gym or arena you've had an opportunity to play or coach in.
0: I would have said Golden State, like they have a, a great setup.
1: Um, yeah. but now I'm really looking forward to going back to Charlotte. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I like that. Um, uh, we I was gonna bring this up. So we talked about the chap or the North Carolina experience at home. Um, and the win and then what I think was the two years later then you went to Chapel Hill didn't the game didn't come out the way you wanted to but what about the Dean Dome what do you remember about that was that a pretty neat experience
0: yeah that was I mean obviously very historical um, it was packed because I think it was their ring ceremony uh-huh. uh, so like I mean we were unfortunate to have to draw that. I think game. it
1: was. And now that you say that, I yeah. think it was, I remember watching that. Cause they came out and just were just fired up. <laughs> they,
0: were, they were all jacked up. Like oh, they were. Man. So, I, but it was, uh you know, all in all a great experience.
1: Like just to
0: be in a setting like that, right. Where, you know, basketball has just been everything for forever. Um, right. You know, you have so many big names that have come through that program and you see all the posters, the trophies, the banners. And it's just like, I mean, there's, just something pretty cool about uh, if especially if you're a basketball junkie to just even right. just go in here and if i would have been a fan it still would have been just as cool but i was lucky enough to be able to step
1: on their floor yeah that that's awesome, awesome. was there any other historic college venues that you played in i'm trying to remember uh, back if there was uh, we go out to butler or anything
0: no we didn't we didn't play butler um wichita state is i mean yeah it's cool their arena is pretty cool
2: is, that place is insane
0: It gets, it gets, I mean, that was probably like the loudest place I've been. And now, granted, it's a little bit smaller than what, you know, the Dean Dome would be or whatever. Um, But I remember pretty game, like the the stands were already like packed 45 minutes till game time. Like everybody was rowdy. The floor was shaking. Luckily, we pulled out like a win one time there. So.
1: How does that compare to going up to Charles City and um, playing in in that? Did they they still have the, what, the stage on the one side when you were there? they
0: I think no, they they just got a new gym. They had it when I was there. Okay. Uh, but now they have a new gym. Okay. Uh, yeah, the, the the high school gyms in Iowa don't don't, don't get it do it. A
1: so <laughs> don't, my,
2: don't get that loud.
1: So my first uh my first varsity game was at Charles City against Greg Bruner, playing kid rock, Baladaba, in that little gym as we walked out. So that's what I That's right. And then, and then I think Greg hung like 54 on us. So it was, yeah, that was, that was fun. But that gym, that gym, man, that little Cracker Jack box could get loud in there.
0: It is. I mean, there is definitely a cool environment about high school sports where there's Mm -hmm. again, it's like all your parents, all your family, all your buddies, and then you're going against everybody else's exactly that everybody else's parents, everybody else's buddies. Like, you know, there is, yeah, there is a couple of run-ins actually we were playing Cedar Falls um I can't remember if it was my I think it was my junior year because we played them at home my sophomore year and senior year so my junior year I'm taking the ball out at like halftime mid-court and I get whipped with a towel and like I turn around (laughs) and like everybody was laughing and laughing and laughing and I was like all right whatever like uh, I'm not even gonna do anything I don't care come to find out I go to college you know in two three years some kid comes up to me, and he goes, yeah, I was the guy that whipped you with the towel. <laughs> oh, and like me and him, like, ended up becoming like pretty good friends. He's a really cool dude.
2: Oh, that's
1: um, great.
2: Yeah.
1: That's awesome. That's, what, see, that's what's great about high school sports. It's, uh, yeah. That's good. Um, so did you, have, did you have a game day routine or superstition or anything that had to happen on, on game day when you were playing? Uh,
0: not so much in high school, um, just because most of the time you're in class from right. 8 a.m. to 3 30 which is unbelievable that 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 was one of the biggest changes from high school to college like i'm only in class for a couple hours a day right this is is the life like um but a little bit a little bit in college um but then when i got overseas that's kind of when it all started i was like all right i get up at this time on game days i eat this for breakfast and then i go to the gym and we have shoot around and then i come back and i take a nap for one hour and then i have a coffee and then i (laughs) But that was also kind of like how my everyday life was. It was just like you know you don't have anybody else there. It's just kind of you and your teammates, and and you just kind of get into a groove and roll through the same things about every day. So that's
1: awesome. I love it. Um. So so big man number two is a little strange. Why number two? Where did uh, where did that jersey number come from?
0: Yeah. Um, when I got pulled up to varsity that freshman year, that was the number they gave me. So I said okay. Uh-huh. And I rocked with it the rest of the time. That's cool. That's good. I, just, I, I didn't really have like a like a number. I remember in junior high football, like I got the number 47. I was like, I'm rocking with that until I'm done playing football. Like, awesome. just like, Whatever they gave me is what I took. <laughs> that's not bad.
1: That's good. I thought you were gonna tell me you got number two in football too. I was like, Oh man, we got Charles Woodson here. Like, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> far from far
2: from <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: all time starting five. Who do you got in your all-time starting five? Oh, man, that's tough. I love it. I'm assuming you're, t- you're talking NBA here. I, you can make your starting five whatever you want it to be, man. I, we got no, no rules here on Shooter's Touch.
0: Um, all-time starting five. Magic.
2: Okay. MJ. I, I you know what I'm gonna go
0: LeBron Larry Bird and VC guy. Gotta you gotta <laughs> throw him in there. I love it, man. And then we gotta go with Kareem. Kareem. I like man, it. There we go. That's a good that's a good
1: line. Starting five right there. Uh, no, you're gonna win a lot of basketball games right there with that. <laughs> um all right, so uh so lefty, you gotta have uh, some fondness towards the lefties. Who's the top three lefties? and it doesn't have to be basketball just top three lefties someone that you're like hey i like that dude because he's left-handed uh number one randy johnson love it okay mm-hmm. an absolute beast <laughs> yep. uh, big
0: unit you know number two i'll go uh west wash punk okay here we there go we Go. i like that um and number three i'm Especially watching him and like being able to be around him like the last two years whenever we played this team. But Joe Ingles.
2: Okay. That's yeah, like, music to Adam's ears right there. I like, like that, man. The janitor.
1: Oh that that's good. It's kind of crazy that uh that you that you threw Randy Johnson out there and we didn't get the kid, didn't get Griffey in there. But I we're yeah. all right. All right with us.
0: I mean, Randy Johnson was like I mean, he was a tall dude. He was left-handed. And he was just kind of like, you know, if I wanted True. to play baseball, I'd want to be that guy. Like, He like was
1: scary. No way. I mean, scary. <laughs> Jeez. I couldn't imagine being a left-handed batter against that guy. That would have, you no. could reach out and touch you from the mound. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, favorite hoop shoe. Do you have a favorite basketball shoe of all time? Shoe that you just love, that if you could get 50 pairs of, you'd do it. Um.
0: God, that's going to be tough because, like, See, there's a difference between what you play in and what you wear like oh, yeah. on the street. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. When I played, um, when I, so like, we, you know, we had in high school, we had three pairs of shoes we could choose from in college. We had four or five or six pairs of shoes we could choose from. And then when I started to be able to choose my own, I was hooping in Kyrie's. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know why. they um, they're
1: comfortable. I know why yeah, they're super,
0: super comfortable. <laughs> yeah. and I think like, I think I got them like pretty cheap. From some like outlet store before I went over, I was like, I just need a pair like to have right away. Right. Yeah. I put them on and they were super comfortable and they were like the th- the first ever pair of like actual white, mostly white shoes I ever wore because like, I mean, in in high school it was like black and then yeah. in college it was purple and then I was like, I'm I could do whatever I want now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that felt pretty good. <laughs> um, but honestly, like, I'm not a huge shoe guy. I wear. I and my girlfriend will attest to this. I wear what's comfortable mm-hmm. and I don't really care um, what it is. And plus, I'm a little bit cheap, so I don't really like to spend a lot of money, especially on something that's going to get dirty. Okay. Um, so, I, you know, you, you, I, I got a couple free shoes from here, or there, from, you know, wherever. And then like right now, I'm wearing Jordan slides because I nope. just... I'll, I'll wear these until i can't wear these anymore or if it's raining then i'll put shoes on
1: there you go <laughs> i love it that's that's it i mean that's still a good answer i mean it's it's funny because you, sneakerhead or not if you come on and you play basketball i mean the number one you got to take care of your feet and so it's like you have an opinion on that you know what i mean because you're like oh, i still got to have something that's comfortable like i don't care but it's still got to be comfortable and then they usually go on and be like well it needs to be one of these three shoes so it's always hilarious how people are like yeah you know because yeah. there's plenty, of, we all have those sneakerhead teammates as well. So, um, what's, uh, what's the, your favorite golf course in Iowa? The really Municipal. The Muni. <laughs> oh, no, that I place think is about nice.
0: that And I, you know, again, shout out to Jordan Davis. That guy is, he does a great job up there. And like, and honestly, like, it's great. Cause anytime I go out there, I'm either with him or a couple other buddies or Bill Eckenrod coached like, you know, you're with yeah. your boys out there you're just you're playing the hometown course um yeah. and then i mean i'm not very good and so anytime i go out there with with jd it's like you know i pull one left i pull another one left he goes yo just do this like yeah. i'm like stupid for not knowing and then the next time i hit it, it goes straight i'm like why <laughs> i'm golfing with you every time i go now
1: right that's uh the Muni is super underrated though i mean it's a great little course um right there in town it's i know we said this i think on the pod before but waverly is unique and you know what 60 6500 7000 people whatever it is um to have like two 18 18-hole golf courses that are as good as muni and then um it's always centennial to me what's it called now out there Uh, uh, um prairie links prairie links yeah um it, to have both those courses in town is it's pretty crazy uh and yeah. so it's 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 neat it gives you an opportunity like you said to get out and to play a little bit um all right now we got the hard hitting question here anybody that's spent any time in cedar falls we asked this question you spent quite a bit of time down in cedar falls and so what's you shoes in peppers or mulligans oh wow um I'm gonna go with mulligans. Yes. You're on you're on my Price side. Choice. Price oh. choice. Yeah. Beats beats <laughs> of peppers guy. Um I, yeah. I tend to lean towards mulligans. I don't wanna don't don't get me twisted. I'll go to either one. of you. let's great. But if I had yeah. to pick one, it, it yeah. would definitely be
2: peppers. Yeah. yeah. That's uh
1: what what about uh, what I know you're you're busy and have a lot of time, but Charlotte. I mean, is there what was the best spot where where'd you hit up to eat out in Charlotte? yeah there is i mean just being in a bigger city
0: like that there's all sorts of choices or whatever again you know if i'm going out like on a little date night or whatever and i'm taking my girlfriend and um we'll we'll spend some money but otherwise i'm pretty cheap so there's this spot (laughs) there's this like little mediterranean build your own bowl type place called kava which i think it's just kind of like a like a east east coast type thing um I hit that thing like two, three times a week. It was so good, and it was like it wasn't overpriced by any means. So I was hitting that spot quite a bit. Um, but I know like there's a place called um, Bossy Beulahs. It's like fried chicken, like really good. Um, a, a cool little spot was uh, Optimist Hall. It was just kind of like a big food hall, and it had a little bit of everything. That's cool. Uh, so you know, if I had family in town, or or Morgan uh, had family in town, we would just kind of go there, so everybody could get what they wanted, and Um, but yeah, they, you know, Charlotte's great. There's, there's places all over. I don't think you'll, you'll go wrong. That's awesome.
1: What, uh, what are the team meals like? How, how good are the team meals? They're,
0: yeah, it's, it's,
1: uh, I'm pretty lucky to uh, be able to experience those,
0: Uh, especially on the road. Um, the brunch on game day is like unbelievable. Yeah. So I'm just like in there, like picking whatever I want. Like I'll let all the, you know, all the players, all the coaches, whoever go first. And then like, I'll go last just so I can take like everything. (laughs) Uh, But yeah. So it's like, I'll take a plate, go eat it. Like at the tables, you know, we have in our little meeting room. then I'll get another plate and put it in a box and take it up to the room. And then like, I'll box up a salad too, for like later at the gym. I mean, it's just it's i'm very fortunate to be able to work in in the organizations that i i have and being able to be in the nba because um there's some perks that go along with it
1: well those guys are uh those guys are ferraris you can't just put anything in there so you gotta you gotta be eaten right and so you take advantage of that uh as long and as much as you can and so um i hope it doesn't ruin our final question i i kind of forgot but the last one then it will get you out of here but uh what's the best thing about having the opportunity to be in the NBA and to be around, um, the guys and girls that are the best at what they do, whether it's, you know, the best players, the best coaches, the best managers, you know, the best video guys, the best everything. And so, um, what's the best thing about having an opportunity to, to be in that NBA life? Yeah. Um, you know,
0: I mean, the list is just so long, but for sure, uh, you know, one of the things um, that I really appreciate is just being able to learn from all those people that you just said. And it's like, you know, everybody I've been fortunate enough to work with have just been really good people. Right. They, you know, I haven't run into anybody that thinks they know it all um, because that's just not what I, you know, what I think, I don't think that makes a successful person. Everybody's always trying to learn. Right. So I, I, my biggest thing is just to be able to work with all these great people, all these smart people, all the people that have, have kind of paved way for like, that's where I want to be. So just to be able to learn from all those people is, is, is like one of the best things that could have ever happened to me. Um, and again, like I said, the, the next best thing is that camaraderie, the relationships that you build, the network you build with just everybody around the league um, and not even just a, around the NBA, but, um people from any league in 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 basketball and just finding people that are hoops junkies and you can just sit there and talk basketball with them all day from you know watching the nba finals and just kind of being like a fan to actual strategy to actual like what do you do here what do you do there um and it just opens up so many opportunities to meet all these great people it's it's pretty unbelievable and then obviously like food and stuff ain't bad yeah. and then food
1: and <laughs> travel and get into the travel the country of oh that's <laughs> it be around uh, the likes of steph curry and uh clay thompson no, that's awesome, Coach. Well, Clint, we appreciate you taking some time and chatting with us. It was it was awesome to catch up, reminisce a little bit, uh, hear where you're at in your journey. We're excited to follow along. Obviously, we'll be watching closely. Um, I alluded to it earlier, but we'll definitely check back in after have a season or two under your belt here with the Warriors and uh, see, see what the future holds for you. For sure. Well, I appreciate
0: it, guys. I uh, look forward to talking again.
2: Yeah, it's been awesome, Clint, as Brian said. We'll, we'll definitely be paying attention uh, a little bit more to the Warriors this, this year, this season. But, um, yeah, we, we really appreciate uh, you coming on telling us a little bit more about your background and stuff like that. It was great to, great to talk to you. Yeah, this was fun, guys. Thank you.